0: To Two Girls, One Podcast. A weekly internet transmission that is simply the breast. If I had a nipple for every five-star review, I'd have at least two nipples. And now here are the titular two girls. Lindsay Ford and Alison Goldberg. <laughs>
1: Yo-Yo, what's up? It is me, Lindsay.
2: And Allie. and see you live as the world burns. Woo! Woo
1: Woo-woo. Straight from the end of Human Rights for Women in America, it's two girls, one podcast.
2: But let's not stop there. Your rights are being taken away too. Yes, you too. Because if you listen to this podcast, you're probably not conservative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. If you are, thank you for listening. For
2: being here. We're trying to convert you. This is a grooming podcast. We're
1: grooming people to acknowledge the rights of all humans. Shh,
3: shh, no don't don't let them don't they're gonna know the plan we're just
2: gonna shh. do some asmr everyone should have rights shh. everyone should have rights let them have rights let them live <laughs>
1: it's my least favorite thing there was a woman <laughs> next to me at the airport who was chewing and i was like where are my headphones i can't find my headphones soon enough before i murder this stranger you
3: should have just stabbed her that's, that's she faster was just and easier.
1: like <laughs> i was like oh i'm my sorry God. we're in public You are outside of your home, lady. (laughs) There's
2: a name for that. There's a name for that, for really hating those sounds. Yes. Mm -hmm. Being a human. It's called being a human. Misophonia. Yeah, no, misophonia. That's the one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. The way I'll know I've fallen in love for real is if... If you can stand his If I can stand his mouth-chewing sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there are people in my life that I do love that I still will not be around them if they are eating and I am not eating.
2: Yeah, but I can't handle being around you while you do this basic human function. And (laughs) Speaking of basic human functions,
1: ah,
2: we did it. Today we are looking at adult nursing relationships. So we found this person on ABF Heaven, adult breastfeeding Heaven. I'm just going to let that sink in for our listeners. Two adults sucking that tit for milk, no, one adult sucking another adult's tit, fair,
3: maybe there's two fair. on there, there could be two at a time
2: That's there could true,
1: be two I'm at a, a time <laughs> <gasps> Yeah, wow. Know? I knew about
2: that. Yeah. Adults breastfeeding. Now, I know everyone is cringing a little, you know. No, you I, don't. I, Maybe
1: some people on here are participants. And that's
2: great. I'm just saying, whether or not you're cringing a little, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I've gone down the wormhole, and now I've read some interesting things. People say it's just a nurturing thing. It's obviously a kink for some, not for all. Also, you know, this podcast, we've covered a lot of kinks, but we have not covered any kinks lately and I'm excited to go back to our roots.
1: Yeah, it's it's me. I've taken the podcast in a new direction where we're not solely focused on bedroom behavior. Which
2: is weird because you're not like my wholesome friend, let's be honest.
1: Thank you. You're (laughs) welcome. Oh my God. You're welcome. But speaking of me not being wholesome, I'm
2: actually, I
1: prefer monogamous relationships and yet I keep getting all these poly people. So if you are a monogamous preference person, who is dating a poly person, send your girl an email because she's really into this person. And she about to break up with his ass because she can't handle it.
2: Okay, here's my only issue with Polly. Only one? I'm just trying to find one person to fuck. And yeah. there you are, cluttering my fucking lineup. Like, I'm swiping and you're like, oh, I'm, I already have a partner. I'm just looking for another. I'm like, you greedy motherfucker. <laughs> but they don't see it as being
1: greedy, Allie. I know,
2: I'm just kidding.
1: They see it as, like, not being confined to who they can love. And I'm like, love whoever you want, but save that no. dick for me. Me. I don't care. <laughs> spend days in a row with another person. That doesn't bother me at all. Save a
2: little dick for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like for me, Polly is like so next level. I'm like, I haven't even had like a real boyfriend in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And you're Polly. You're so many stages ahead of where I am. Or like away, not even
1: ahead, but away from where I am. Like yeah. I, I'm just like. I want to be in a monogamous relationship for a while before we talk about wanting to have other romantic partners. You know, I'm not deluded as to think that you would never be attracted to someone else. That's absolutely insane. But like, if it's so strong and the connection is so intense that you think you need to be with them, like, maybe we can talk about it. But does that need to happen like week one of this? Like, what?
2: As a single person, it is a little off-putting where it's like, oh, especially the people who are like, I'm ethically non-monogamous. And I'm like, you can't even find the first girlfriend, bro. You don't even have one. What are you doing? I can't even find one person that I can stand. Like the idea of finding (laughs) multiple people that you want to spend that much time with is wild. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it's not even about that. Like I would consider myself
1: emotionally polyamorous. But you
2: want exclusive
1: (laughs) dickens. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So so how'd you meet this person? Let's talk about it. Out in the world. This is my favorite topic.
1: No, he's actually wonderful. He's fantastic. Like I'm Truly heartbroken that this is not a person that could be one of the people that could be for me.
2: Does he have a primary partner right now?
1: He doesn't believe in primary partners. He's not dating anyone else yet, Mm, but he can't wait.
2: But he's like that opposed to monogamy
1: it's like his sexual identity it's like saying that you're gay or straight you're poly
2: oh my god (sighs) yeah but like Hmm. gay and straight i I know people make that comparison but if you're gay you're gay like you're not fucking women like you're not attracted to it whereas like i feel like we need a new word for that kind of classification because it's not your sexuality Mm, yeah it's not something that i am interested in participating
1: in having multiple serious partners yeah like if i'm like more likely to be able to be like look we're in this thing but if you really want to have sex with someone else like let's talk about it so i don't feel blindsided and then go there and then come back to me so that our thing isn't the trust isn't fucked right i mean
2: i'm not fundamentally opposed to polyamory. I just think for me personally, I'm like a good 10 to 20 years away from it. Like I have to find someone, be monogamous and then get bored. Like I'm like so far away from it. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. (laughs) 10 to 20. Nice.
2: It just seems like it's so hard to meet someone, especially I think at this age, you know, Matt is a lucky man, but I, I think it gets harder and harder. And so like the idea of then not being able to date someone because you have different ideas of, ugh. I mean, I get it, but I'm yeah, also like, sucks. come on.
1: It's really heartbreaking. It really, really sucks.
2: <laughs> I also know a guy who he'll remain unnamed, but you know him. So we'll sidebar after. But okay. there's this guy from college and he was like, I am Polly. I want to be Polly, But I also wanted to be with my wife more than that. So hmm. I let her know that it's something I always wanted, but I was never going to bring it up again till she did. Like, it had to come from her. I didn't want her hmm. to feel coerced. I didn't want her to feel pressured. And he waited, like, a decade. Hmm. And then she was like, yeah, let's give this a whirl. And yeah, I did hear they're getting divorced. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is, this episode is not about polyamory and Lindsay's personal <laughs> trauma. No, but I love it. It's very related to two girls one po- podcast overall, and I'm super excited for our guest today because it is something that is considered a little out there, but there is a large community. Of people who are into this. And yeah, I spent some time on abfheaven.com. Wow, you're brave. I did unfortunately get, uh, well, the admin was like, you need to sign up. And I was like, we've pitched so many fetishes and no one's ever told me that I have to like make an account, Mm -hmm. which actually in retrospect, I don't know that I did because it's not ultimately how I found our guest. Like she posted Mm -hmm. and I separately responded. Anyway, whatever. Immediately started getting a lot of kinky messages from men, so so <laughs> maybe you did sign up. <laughs> I did, I did sign up. Yeah,
3: but you identified. You're like, hey, I'm just here to. Exp- I'm a to, to, to... Yes,
2: and I have in my bio like I'm here to find mm-hmm. someone to interview. Like the I was given permission by the moderator, mm-hmm. and then I immediately started getting messages. That's like, wouldn't it be funny if this is how you got into ABS? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, actually, it would be hilarious. You're
3: adding a profile picture here, or what?
2: No, but people do have their profile photos, and a lot of guys wrote like, if you you decide you're into it after your interview. Let me know. And I'm like, oh man.
3: So this is literally like a username and I'm just here for work. And, and still you're getting the messages. Yeah, so that, that's,
2: that's what was kind of frustrating. I was like, mm-hmm. I very clearly, my username is like 2G1P. Like it's right. not,
3: <laughs> it's not even like, you know, surprise, you, we surprise. don't even know if you're a male or female or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: it does. You do have to put your, you do
3: identify. Okay.
2: Yeah. But no, no photo, nothing. So it's been interesting already, um, but yeah, I'm excited, and I hope that Matt has some um, breast-related trivia for us.
3: <laughs> I do have some breast-related trivia. Uh, breastfeeding has had a complicated cultural history in the U.S., especially in the media. Shocker! <laughs> Lady parts. Not, not gonna be. Uh, not gonna have a good relationship with our media culture. Uh, it was not until 1977 that breastfeeding was first depicted on television and I don't know if that seems early or late you'll perhaps will be the judge of that as this uh, trivia question goes on mm-hmm. what show and context was breastfeeding portrayed in a 1977 episode of U.S. television the first time it was ever seen on the boob tube if you will I just thought of that. I didn't even write it down. Love it. A, was it on the groundbreaking TV show All in the Family, which was known for tackling tough subjects like racism, homosexuality, religion, and the Vietnam War? It briefly featured a wisecracking Puerto Rican character named Teresa Betancourt, who was depicted breastfeeding her infant while on a break from class at nursing school in a 1977 episode.
2: That is choice Specific. A. That's
1: really good. I like that.
3: Okay. Or was it B, Canadian-American singer-songwriter Buffy St. Marie breastfed her own son Cody in a 1977 episode of Sesame Street? That is choice B.
1: Oh, I love that too, but I think that's a no.
3: Or is it C, the crime-fighting ladies from Charlie's Angels kicked down the door of a drug lord in a 1977 episode only to find one of his many mistresses breastfeeding a baby in a dark room.
1: Huh. I hope all of these are true.
3: (laughs) I do not have a D or an E for you. So one of these is true. The other two I made up.
2: I'm excited that Matt made up two of those. That's the part I'm most excited about. These are all very good,
1: Matt. Thank
2: you. I want to say Sesame Street because kids see breastfeeding all the time and it's like not. But Sesame Street, they tried to kill Bert because Bert and Ernie lived
1: together and weren't brothers. They were like, we could do it as a lesson in death. And they're like, what? Wait, what? Is that <laughs> true? That's less traumatic. Yeah, there was like a, no. a movement to kill off Bert. But, was,
3: that, was that like an internet thing of like, we should, yeah. you should do, it wasn't like.
2: It wasn't like the studio was like, we should kill him. Sesame Street was right, okay, never going to okay. do that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I
3: don't think
2: so. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm going to go with C.
3: All right, so wait, Ali, you're saying C, Charlie's Angels.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say A, that incredibly detailed episode of All in the Family.
3: Okay. Lindsay goes with A, All in the Family. Ali goes with C, Charlie's Angels. We will find out where breastfeeding was first shown on U.S. television when we come back from this commercial break.
1: All right, everybody, we would love to thank all the beautiful nipples that contribute to our Patreon at the $10 or more level.
2: You can't suckle our titties, but we do thank you.
1: Yeah, we suckle at the teat of your contributions. There you go. Thank
2: you to Wesley Cordell. Jerry Duran. Jessica Fox. Kathy Phillips. Matthew Scott. <laughs> Melissa Elliott. William. Jessica Kybell, Ken M. I- our newest Patreon supporter at the $10 or more level, Kelsey Murray. Thank you all
1: very, very much. Your milk gives us life.
2: Patreon.com slash 2G1P.
0: And now, a real advertisement entitled Need Girl Scout Cookies from a grown-up from the number one marketplace for gently used thin mints.
1: For I would like to buy five Thin Mints, five Tagalongs, two foils, one Lemon Chalet Creams. I am not allowed within 300 yards of a minor, so I will have to buy the cookies from an adult meet you wherever necessary in the Louisville metro area. Wow. I do have sort of the same feelings about cookies that I think that person has. But um, I am fully allowed around children. <laughs> Live scan complete. <laughs>
2: um, you... As we've discussed, you are 4'10", so you are a child. I don't think he's allowed to buy them from you. Probably not. I'm I'm fifth-grader
1: height max. That's my
2: (laughs) max school-age height. Have you tried selling Girl Scout cookies? You know what I mean? I think what you should do is steal Girl Scout cookies from a child, sell them, pocket the money. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Then I think that would make me not allowed around children. (laughs)
2: Teach these girls some fucking leadership, okay? Make them step up and fight for those cookies. All right. Let's hear which fucked up answers Matt made up.
1: Yeah. uh, I think they're all pretty
2: great. They're not that fucked up. I know, but like the fact that you made them up when they're so specific, I'm into it. Okay.
3: I, I, I'm not the creative, but I'm good at googling.
2: You were definitely Ooh. a creative so.
3: So when was breastfeeding first depicted in a, you know, in a non-mocking form on US television? Mm-hmm. It was in 1977 uh, researchers agree. Was it in uh, a all in the family, a Puerto Rican nursing school student? Lindsay says, A. Sure. uh, Nobody chose B, a Canadian-American singer-songwriter, Buffy St. Marie, in a 1977 episode of Sesame Street. Or was it C, Allie's choice, Charlie's Angels Kick In The Door of a Crime Lord, Drug Lord, to find a mistress breastfeeding in a dark room? Are we sticking?
1: Yeah. Sticking with it. I just feel like censors wouldn't let it happen until prime time.
3: Oh, mm. oh, in, oh, interesting. Yeah, I like that reasoning. Okay. For the okay. correct answer, I have a clip <gasps> of the episode where it Ooh. was. Oh, my gosh. So you will hear the, uh, the answer in audio form. Here Great. it comes. I think your theory about cheese has some holes in it. See what I did there? <laughs> that's good, huh? I think this could be one of our greater episodes. Let's go just inside Trader Joe's.
1: This is the second time that that's happened to me, and I still haven't listened to the episode it's from. <laughs> Matt
2: used to do it all
1: the time. It was great. <laughs> that was all in the family, right?
3: That was, all, no, you got it right. All in the family had a Trader Joe's episode, and uh, there it is. All right, here's the real the real answer.
2: What you doing, Buffy? I'm feeding the baby. See, he's drinking milk from my breast. <gasps> oh. That's a funny way to feed a baby. I should have gotten oh, in my initial instincts. Lots of mothers feed their babies this way. Not all mothers, but lots of mothers do. Oh. And he likes it because it's nice and warm and sweet and natural, and it's good for him. And it, I get to hug him when I do it, see. Uh, oh this is so sweet. I don't oh. want to do it, see.
3: So that is Big Bird oh. with Buffy Saint Marie, who is an uh an indigenous singer-songwriter from from Canada and the US. I think she might have been adopted, but she's like Native American or indigenous, uh, or that's her, her family heritage. And she became an activist and and was very part of this world of like, hey, we need to make sure we're teaching the right stuff.
1: That's a funny way to feed right? baby. Yeah. She so was approached sweet.
3: to be on Sesame Street and wanted to do something important like this. And then th- it looks like the conversation went on for multiple years and she became pregnant, and had a baby. And so she had an infant at the time. And they were basically like, well, what if we did this? And they just said, let's go for it. The scene was shot one time, basically fully improvised. She just did it on the spot. Uh, this is from a magazine called Hazlitt Magazine, which is published by Penguin Random House. Quote, the Buffy St. Marie episode is generally hailed as the first TV depiction of breastfeeding and remarkably remains one of the few most realistic normative representations to date. This is according to Catherine Foss, who is the author of a book uh, from 2017, Breastfeeding and the Media, Exploring Conflicting Discourses that Threaten Public Health.
1: Wow.
3: And this was very important to her, and, uh, and they did it. And, and, there, and she says, there's another quote here, The way we did it was entirely natural, natural not sensational. It was as real as uh, your own home and children. The reception was no big deal. They literally got no blowback or letter, angry letters. or There was no negative response to this that they because could Because
1: everybody watching this is like two months off the tit. So it's like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, this is happening
2: in my house right now. I'm totally. also breastfeeding as I watch this.
1: <laughs> While watching, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah.
2: so fascinating how we decide things are okay and when they're not okay. All right. It is time. We are so excited to speak with our guest, Michaela. She is the tits. She's going to speak with us about adult nursing relationships and her
4: podcast, Lactation Station.
1: She is the tits and she has the tits. <laughs> What's up?
4: I'm mm-hmm. really excited to be here and to have the opportunity to have this conversation with you guys. Yeah. We're so excited to have you. <laughs> and not going to lie, really glad
2: to get a woman talking about this because a lot of men messaged me. And I was like, mm. a lot of men messaged me <laughs> asking if I'm into it and if I want to be be their feeder
1: it's it's an intense thing because it does seem weirdly male voice dominated there is so many ways to think about this but for me I was like this is wild because most of my friends are like breastfeeding is really hard (laughs) so I'm like why are we casually doing it for quote-unquote fun (laughs)
4: Well, I think first of all, that there's a really um, big misconception about an adult relationship and the mother child dyad, because I breastfed all of my kids and it's nothing like that. I mean, there's, you know, the similarities end at the breast.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you saying like, Adults are better at breastfeeding than kids, so it hurts less.
4: No, I'm saying that it's (laughs) (laughs) no, as a matter of fact, if you have a partner that doesn't know what they're doing, it can hurt more. Yeah, because babies it becomes Mm. instinctual for babies. You know, here you have to teach this 40 something year old man how to do something they haven't done in 38 (laughs) years. (laughs) There are so many things I'm teaching 40 something year old men. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right. Well,
2: let's take it back. How did you get into this?
4: I actually haven't been in this community very long. I started in 2018 and I actually, my original intent was not to become part of the a community. I started, I induced lactation to for a medical reason because I had a really bad menstrual cycle. Mm. I, if you've ever been pregnant, you probably know what lactational amnorrhea is, which just means the absence of a period during lactation. Mm. So that was my goal to induce lactation and stop my cycle. Interesting. Wow. It kind of organically moved from there. As I got to know people, I joined a couple of women's only groups on Kick, and then I joined a couple of groups on Facebook and just kind of evolved into the community and realized that it was something I really enjoyed and I could help other people do it as well. That's so interesting. Yeah. Were, were you
1: already a lactation expert when you induced lactation in yourself? Or did the research become part of your lifestyle and then your life?
4: When I first started, there was little to no information anywhere. I and mean, there's a lot of it now. A few years later, or maybe I'm just more aware. And so I find the information easier. But when I first started, there was, I could find nothing. My original goal was to look for a solution to, you know, my painful cycle and how I could fix it. And I came across an article of an adoptive parent that had induced to feed their baby. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. So I'm going to, you know, find out more about this. And as I followed that rabbit hole, I realized that this was something that I could do. And maybe it would work for me to stop my cycle, which it did. It stopped my cycle for four years until I had a hysterectomy.
2: Wow. Wow. Because I have a friend with super painful periods and they literally just told her like, well, you could get pregnant.
4: (laughs) Yep. And that's what they told me, too. (laughs) Ah, thanks, doc. That's that's what the doctor said. Yeah. You know, we tried um, birth control and IUDs and hormones and just everything you could think of. And pretty much my doctors all just said, well, this is just kind of your lot in life. This is, you know, how it's going to be for you. And I decided this is not how it's going to be for me. Rude.
2: I have to say education in America is so bad. I didn't even know that. Is it true that do all women not get their period while they're breastfeeding or that's just a possible side effect?
4: It's just a possible side effect. Okay. And just a little FYI, because I've spoke to several doctors and they during the course of their medical training, they get eight hours of lactation education.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's nothing. I love how
4: lactation is
2: is just rhymes with everything automatically. Though I'm really into it. Um, education, yeah.
1: lactation. Let's do a let's do a lactation rhyme right now. Rap. Here we go. Yeah,
3: there's a there's a song in here. We'll 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 get it. Go we'll for get it, Lindsay.
2: Hit it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Now,
1: now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. Lactation
2: okay. education. This is the station. <laughs> there you go,
4: Lindsay. If you write a song, send it to me.
1: Don't tell me to d- get pregnant as a what is it called? I have some hesitation.
0: Oh.
1: Oh.
2: oh! God, this episode is feeling relevant to the world right now. Also, if I sound angry, it has nothing to do with our guest, just the state of America. <laughs> anyway,
4: so um, how did you induce lactation? I bought a breast pump, and I used the breast pump 8 to 12 times a day. Like, you know, as often as I could. That's a lot. It is a lot. Wow. And at the time I was married and lucky enough to be, you know, I didn't have to work. So I was at home and had plenty of free time to do whatever I was going to do.
1: How long would you pump for those 8 to 12 times a day?
4: 15 to 20 minutes is usually what I recommend because your body produces prolactin, but... After 45 minutes, the prolactin has peaked. So, I mean, you could go 30 minutes, but any longer than that, and you're just doing it for fun at that point.
2: (laughs) We have different definitions of fun, but I like it.
3: Okay, (laughs) (laughs) We, we, We are told that like the the cycles of pregnancy and the hormonal changes are what makes it happen. But you're saying, no, there were no pills. There were no hormones. You just do the the pump and and you're you're getting results.
4: Yes. Well, and there's a difference. Let me clarify. If somebody has been pregnant, a full term pregnancy, because your body goes through a final maturity, your breasts go through a final maturity during pregnancy. And those milk ducts and alveoli develop during the pregnancy. So if you've been pregnant before and it's been a full-term pregnancy, then you have all the necessary equipment, so to speak, to produce breast milk. Now, if you've never been pregnant before, it's a little bit different. And there are different protocols that you can take that encourage you to take birth control for like three months to six months. And it's just the birth control. You don't take any of the sugar pills. It's just you know straight six months of birth control. And then at the end of that time, you stop and your body registers that drop of estrogen as delivering a baby. Hmm. And then that's when you you start pumping. It's a process especially if you've never been pregnant. I mean, it's not something that anybody should start lightly because it's not going to happen overnight. It's definitely a process.
1: Mm-hmm. So then it's interesting to me that people are doing this completely extracurricularly, right? Like, Or do most people get into adult breastfeeding after they've done some sort of thing for, to help themselves medically?
4: Most of the people that I know in the community, it's something they did because they wanted to do. And a lot of the women that I know will start the process and then look for a partner. Wow. So how did you start finding the
2: online communities and interacting with them? Well, my first step was KIK. Do I say that right? K-I-K? Yeah. yeah. I know what you're trying about, and I've always thought that's how it's pronounced, but I could be wrong. Actually, it has to be because the other option is Kike, and that's no good.
1: <laughs> right. right. That's absolutely a no.
4: <laughs> okay. So, um... I really just started out looking for women that I could talk to. Because at that point, I was just on my own trying to figure shit out.
1: On my own, trying to figure shit out. There you go.
3: That's the the original lyrics. Uh That's, That's true. Factual.
4: So I was just trying to figure stuff out, you know, and I just needed to talk to other people because I felt like I was just in this isolation booth. And, you know, I had nobody that I could go to to talk to. So I went looking for like an all women's group, which I found. And to this day, some of those women are my closest friends. And then that evolved into joining like co-ed groups and talking to men, which, Ali, I'm not surprised because as soon as you join a group like that, they pounce, you know, it's there's no lie. They do. (laughs) They did. Because it's so hard to find a partner, whether you're male or female. Because if you're out on a date, you know, and you're hanging out at Applebee's, you can't just say, "Hey, you want to come suck my tit?" You know, you did. I think you could actually.
3: (laughs) I think you could. I think
2: you could. So, so how did you, so it started medical, and then how how did you discover the kink
4: side? I know a lot of people call it a kink, but it's not. It's a lifestyle. Okay. 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 It it really is because you choose to live your life like this. I mean it's a, you know, for a woman that's inducing, it's an everyday ongoing process. Mm -hmm. It's not just a every once in a while, let's pull out a whip. You know, you're doing this all the time. So it becomes your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, I wasn't sure at the time if this is what I wanted. So I actually met a couple of different people and experimented with whether I liked it or not. And I did. So my next step from there was not a regular partner. I became an adult wet nurse. Mm -hmm. It was something that I did that I got paid for. And it was a well-paying job. What are we
2: talking? Let's talk dollars. How well paid? Should I do it?
4: <laughs> I made $200 an hour. Sick. Wow. Into it. Nice. Love it. Nice. Get it, girl. Okay, go on. Well, and then um, I actually ended up meeting somebody that I, you know, just cared a lot about, which I'm still with. And, you know, so I let that part go, even though as a wet nurse, I It was all non-sexual. There was, you know, nothing sexual. And I'm sure a lot of people think, well, how can you do one and not the other? But there was nothing sexual about it. So I could have continued being a wet nurse, but I just felt that my commitment to my partner was more than the other part.
2: Yeah. So if it's not sexual, what do you think the men are getting out of it? Why are they doing it?
4: Well, I can tell you for my partner, it's a comfort thing for him. Let me see if I can explain a session and see if it makes any sense to you. Because let's look at when a mother feeds a baby, you know, and the baby's crying or needs consoling or whatever the case may be. So the best thing to do is pop a boob in the baby's mouth and they usually feel better. Mm -hmm. So if you take that line of thought with my partner Not only did it bring us closer, like I can look at him and go, what's wrong? Mm. Because we have such a connection with each other that I can hear him on the telephone and I say, oh God, there's something going on at the office. You know, what's wrong? What's happening? But when we're having a session, for me, it's like, I feel like mother earth. Like I'm nourishing everything around me. Wow. And for him, it's just so... Like it's a comfort thing. You know, he feels relaxed and loved and all the shitty things that are going on in the world just fall away for that 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It's
2: really reminding me of an interview that we did at the start of this podcast years ago, which was adult babies, where that's similar things that they said, you know, that life is stressful Mm -hmm. and it's it just takes them back to that like simple time and place so I
4: assume there is overlap in the communities. In the community that I'm in, there is no littles or babies. It's all it's just, you know, two adult in my community, at least that mm-hmm. never crosses. Yeah. So
2: in order to keep up the lactation, as you alluded to, does this mean that you and your partner are doing this many times a day or are you pumping and then sometimes he's like, what's the. And and as you said, it's a lifestyle. So how often are you doing this?
4: I have a pump tracking app on my phone that Mm -hmm. alerts me every three hours that I either need to have a session or I need to pump because lactation at its core is supply and demand. So if you don't demand a supply, you don't get it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I will either like during the course of the day, my partner's at work. So every three hours, my pump tracker goes off and I actually i'm lucky enough to have wireless a wireless pump so i can just pop it in my top and go about my business
1: interesting
2: oh lovely which 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 wireless pumps you have (laughs) (laughs) i have the lv which i love it and i have the mom cozy cool Mm. i've heard about these and i I saw the willow demonstrated at ces a few years ago (laughs) so yeah Love it.
3: We'll, we'll get some sponsors in here yeah, for this yeah, episode. Yeah. Oh
2: my God. Yes. That'd be so great.
1: Are you two in an exclusive relationship or exclusive breastfeeding relationship?
4: We are in an exclusive relationship. Okay. Absolutely. Our relationship is like so together that we literally do everything together except when he's at work. And there are many times during the day when I'm out after seeing a client or running errands that I go by the office just to hang out, you know, and chat with him and stuff. We have a really solid relationship.
1: That's nice. Beautiful. I want to know maybe about sort of the like health benefits and is the milk from adult induced sort of erotic lactation, is the milk from that as healthy as milk from mothers who are nursing newborn
4: babies? So one of the biggest health benefits for women is that breastfeeding will cut your chance of breast cancer down by 40%. Wow. Yep. And then the Canadian Breastfeeding Foundation did a study that, and they tested induced milk and compared it to pregnant mother milk. And they found that induced milk is the equivalent to a mother's milk 10 days postpartum it is exactly the same. Wow.
1: Wow. So the milk that you pump when your partner's at work, could you like donate that to mothers who have difficulty with their milk?
4: You know, this is a really gray area. When I first Mm -hmm. started, that was a really great idea. And I thought, man, I'm just going to pump all this breast milk and donate it and just be this really great person. But, um, Milk banks won't take, they have really stringent rules, Mm. and they won't take milk that's not from a mother who's less than six months postpartum. Mm. Plus, they have other rules like you can't, women that induce are usually taking supplements, herbal supplements, and stuff just to help them. They won't take it if you're taking any supplements or anything like that. So the ability to donate milk then becomes, you know, you try to figure out what to do with it. What I used to do with it in the beginning was I joined two Facebook groups. One's called Eats for Feet and one's called Human Milk for Human Babies. And they are nonprofit and you, there's usually a local group in just about every area in the country And I had a connection with one of those moms and I would take her my milk, you know, that she could distribute to any moms that needed it. What I'm currently in the middle of doing is creating a classified ads website, similar in style, I guess, to Mm Craigslist, where women who induce can donate or sell their breast milk if they'd like.
2: Wow. So do you know
4: about onlythebreast.com? I do. Because apparently you can (laughs) buy and sell there. Yep, you sure can. They also have some kind of tough rules there too. Mm. Mm. Okay.
3: Are there any like regulatory rules, like FDA situations going on for, for people who wanna uh trade and sell and donate? Nope.
4: Weird. Nope. There's no regulations and it is not against the law. And the problem one of the problems with only the breast is that there are men who will buy breast milk for various reasons. A lot of people Mm. believe that it helps with diseases. Bodybuilders like it because it's high in, you know, proteins and stuff like that. They want to buy it and they can't access it, especially at only the breasts. There's a big thing on the front page that says, you know, put on your ad that no men and or something along those lines. So I have a lot of women that are inducing That have a freezer full of milk and want to sell it to men and have no they have no idea how.
1: Interesting.
4: So that's the point of the website is to set that up to give women who induce the opportunity that other women have as well.
1: I am now, I like never thought about how, you know, breast milk is probably higher in protein and it's how bodybuilders could be into it. That's so funny. I'm like envisioning in the near future bodybuilders being like, yeah, the way that I get to look like this, Breast milk.
2: Fuck steroids. <laughs> breast milk.
1: Yeah, breast milk's the only way, baby. You want muscles like this, you gotta be on that tip. <laughs>
3: I would like to see that future. I would like to see The Rock yeah. get in, get, oh do a my commercial.
4: God. I definitely see an ad campaign there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here brainstorming
2: the possibilities. I'm like, what would it be? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be fit, get on the tip. Uh,
3: workshop to it. To put
2: these
1: skills to the test, you got to get on that breast. Milk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah.
2: there you yeah. go. There you go. We got
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, where is it? Oh, got it.
4: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Please please I just think that there's such negative connotations towards any entity outside of a baby consuming breast milk. You know, our country is probably, well, I can't say the only, but one of the few countries that has this 1700s view of breast milk. In other countries, especially in third world countries, if a mom isn't available to breastfeed her baby grandma will pick him up and breastfeed him Mm. or auntie who's sitting there will pick him up and breastfeed him. We have such a, like a puritanical absolutely outlook on this. And some of the things that I see or read that people are doing and I think, man, these people think I'm crazy. <laughs> We're
2: definitely conditioned to feel a certain way about it. And I'm not going to lie. Like, there's a part of me that's like, ugh. But the other thing that's sort of ironic is like, there's a formula shortage. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I was wondering. Would
2: be kind of good if people, yeah. Yeah,
1: like during the formula shortage, like all these people who are lactating should have been like, look here, I'm here to help. Like, let me feed your baby.
4: You know, I've had hundreds of women that are inducing when the formula shortage started to they called me and emailed me how can i donate where can i go what can i do and other than telling them you know look for a local group in your area there's nothing they can do i have women that are inducing solely to help the lady down the street feed her baby you know, these women that are inducing just because they're inducing for the A&R community doesn't make their milk any less worthy than a mother who had a baby. Yeah.
3: Right. But there's no marketplace. There, there's some sort of missing like we culturally we're not accepting of that. This is valuable.
4: And that's what I'm
2: working at. You know what? Yeah ancient in ancient times we had wet nurses we had someone else feed the baby not even ancient times girl (laughs) like (laughs) that's true that's true sorry i was just thinking of like egypt and moses immediately but like yeah it's not
4: just
1: ancient times (laughs) i mean 200 years ago there were slaves that specifically were just to feed babies
4: yeah i could tell you a couple of different stories there's um a roman story i think it's roman of a man who was imprisoned for debt he was an old man And they just figured he would die in prison. And his daughter went to visit him every day in prison and she breastfed him and he survived his sentence and lived Wow! and went home. Then when um, new girls were brought into households to work like young girls, they were immediately given a baby to their breast until they were producing breast milk so that at any point If they needed to wet nurse, they could.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow.
4: You know, over time, I know in the 50s and 60s, you know, bottle feeding was the thing. In the 70s, bottle feeding was the thing. And I just think somewhere along the line, we've become so prudish that we've forgotten that breast milk is a thing, too. Yeah.
1: I think it's just that America hates knowing how powerful women's bodies are. So any cool thing that it can do, we really want to make it bad.
2: <laughs> I'm already so upset I can't even
1: talk you. About yeah, it. You
2: might not be far <laughs> off. Uh.
1: We used to be, I mean, we were trying to shame women into like breastfeeding only in closets. And now it's like, oh, you don't breastfeed your baby. You must not love them. And then it's like, right. oh, you have breast milk and you're not using for a baby. You're terrible. It's like, what, mm-hmm. what? How many times are we going to fight about breast milk? Let's just let it happen and do whatever you want with it.
4: I think the bigger issue is not the breast milk. It's my right to do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. you go. There it is.
2: Sorry, I'm upset about the world. That's all right.
4: (laughs) I think a lot of us are. Right, to choose
2: with your body? What? Anyway, I'm stressed. Give me the breath. Um, Anyway, um, so, uh, okay, let's talk about Lactation Station because I listened to an episode and something I loved is just the the plethora of topics that you have on there. So can you tell us why you decided to start the podcast and about
4: some of the topics you've covered? I'm going to go back to my kick group. We were all just talking one day. Somebody said something about my voice and I said, yeah, would it be cool if, you know, I could talk to people around the world? Somebody else said, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, holy shit, (laughs) I never even thought of that. So (laughs) I ordered a microphone and I got to it and I just thought, you know, I'm going to bring the information to people that I couldn't find. And that's what I did. So I try to talk about supplements because there's a lot of supplements that you can take. Some work and some don't. I talked about different medications that are on the market. The FDA is really screwed with people's heads about what's good and what's not. And I talked about breast pumps because I I have a closet devoted to breast pumps because some work and some don't. And I can't very well get on my podcast and say, hey, Go get this if you know it's shit in my closet mm-hmm. so I just try to give out the information that I would want to find
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Which episode did you listen to? Do you remember? I listened to How to Become a Milkmaid. Oh. (laughs) So can we discuss that? So there are people becoming milkmaids. You talked about safety procedures. I encourage people to go check out the whole episode. But if you were to summarize it, what's the process for becoming a milkmaid and doing it safely?
4: To have somebody that you can confide in. Always be in an open area or a well-populated area. What I used to do is, my clients had to host. And since I live in Las Vegas, it had to be in a hotel, either on the Strip or on Fremont Street. No back alley flea bag crap. It had to be clean. They had to pay for it. I had a friend, and I used the Find a Friend app. She always knew where I was. And I would go to the front desk. I would tell them who I was, who I was there to see. And then I would proceed up to the room.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And how? is this community, do you estimate? I have people that listen to, and I have people on my private Facebook page from all over the world. When I look at my stats for my podcast, I have people listening in Israel and New Zealand and Ireland and Scotland. So I'd say it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I know that these communities are sharing
2: tips and tricks and things like that. Have there been any official scientific studies around breastfeeding that's not related to babies it's all anecdotal is that how you say that yeah
4: yeah yeah um yeah there's no real scientific study and i've said that a hundred times if i could get a team of scientists together that would just do like okay this i want you to check out this and check out this and let's look at that you know that would be great but as of right now there is no real scientific data other than breastfeeding helps reduce cancer.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing I found when trying to learn more about this community is that people do this in later ages, like on into their late 50s and 60s. And I, I don't even know if it's later than that, but like how long can someone reasonably expect to lactate?
4: As long as you're alive. Majority of my clients are, I'd say, between the ages of 45 and 70.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. And do you know what percentage of people who try to lactate are successful? If they work with me, 100%. Oh, wow.
4: That's that's a bold statement,
0: miss.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of times it becomes frustrating and a lot of people give up because, like I said, it's not an easy process. When I first started, and granted, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, it took me two and a half to three months to even just notice changes in my breast. The fullness and the, you know, different tingling sensations and stuff like that. And then it was probably another month or two before I had any measurable production. We're looking at, you know, anywhere from four to six months just to say, Hey, I got like a quarter of an ounce of milk in the bottle this time. So it's not an easy process. And there are people that give up, but people that stick with it will stick with it until they, you know, complete the process. Uh,
3: this kind of answers a lingering question because, you know, I, I'm sure you work with new mothers and like they don't have four to six months, obviously, to, to get that process going if they are having trouble. So when you say a hundred percent, you're like a hundred percent eventually, but like, you know, we just know a lot of people who are like, yeah, we just couldn't, despite doing our best lactation consulting with professionals, we, we had to resort to formula because we maybe need to eat, you know, like, is that there's a, there's some equation there going on, right. I, I presume with your clients. Right.
4: And there's, I mean, there's a difference, you know, when I say a hundred percent, I mean, the women that are in an A&R and want to induce when I'm helping but- a new mother, you know, maybe her milk hasn't come in yet or, you know, she's had a hard traumatic labor and things are just not working for her. It's true. It doesn't always work. And sometimes you have to supplement with formula. But what I try to do is keep them on the path of breastfeeding. So at the very least they can combo feed, Mm. you know, even if it's just a couple ounces a day, because the breast, you know, the antibodies and all the stuff that's in the breast milk is so vital to your baby. But mm-hmm. it's, it is true. Sometimes, you know, you just can't. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me just go on mm-hmm. record as saying that. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you have to bottle feed your baby. Mm-hmm. I just try to give my moms their best, you know, opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It so seems like such a personal and intense kind of ordeal to get it going, even in the most straightforward ways. So it seems like so far above and beyond to do it outside of, you know, that life-giving necessity. And then I just hope that every single man who has got a partner that does this is like treating them like an absolute queen.
4: The men that I talk to, just like in every aspect of life, you know, just dating in the bar, you run into creeps, you know, dating and you're at the grocery store, you run into creeps. So there's creeps everywhere. But the majority of men that I've come across or spoke with that want this type of relationship are so respectful and so thankful and they take good care of their partners. Good.
2: So what would you say for any man
4: who's trying to respectfully get involved? First, I would ask them which end do they want to be at? Because what most people don't know is that lactation is not part of the reproductive system. It's part of the endocrine system. So if you have a healthy pituitary gland, anyone can lactate. Hmm. Wait, are you saying men can lactate?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Go on.
1: Wait, okay. What? Wait, is it harder for men to do it? And also, when I am eventually well-partnered, which is now this is going to make anyone not want to be my partner, but could I force my (laughs) husband to try to (laughs) lactate as well so we can share his breastfeeding duties? Mm. Yes,
2: that is the way for men to step up. 50-50.
4: Matt, you could have breastfed your children.
1: I missed my shot. I didn't know. Yeah,
4: you selfish monster. Uh, There's several transgender women that I've helped do so that they could breastfeed their babies. <gasps> Interesting. Wow. The plot thickens. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there's also there's a couple of men that I've helped too. Obviously, I'm in an A and R, and I, you know, I'm not judgy. So if somebody emails me and says, "Hey, I'd like to try this," I'm like, "Okay, let me see what I can do to help you." You know, to me, it doesn't matter. But a lot of people. I think majority of the population in the world don't know that lactation is not part of the reproductive system.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm over here still thinking, I bet man breast milk is worse, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, but maybe it's better. Maybe it's like goat's milk.
2: I'd be interested to like test and see what the
4: differences are between men's milk and women's milk. Well, here's what I usually tell people. If you were breastfeeding a baby, like the transgender moms, your body that's producing breast milk does not know that you're a man. It knows that you have a ba- hungry baby at your breast. Mm. That's all it knows. Mm-hmm. So it's just creating the breast milk to feed that baby or whoever else you may be feeding. Just like when people say to me, well, you can't, you know, you can't breastfeed a person. It's not a baby. And I'm like, why not? My boobs don't know that's not a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My boobs just know that's a hungry mouth and that person has a cold, so now I'm making antibodies to make them better.
1: Mm. Wow, boobs are so smart.
4: <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Well, we
1: got we
3: got the episode title, Boobs, boobs are, are so smart. smart.
4: You know, oh I honestly God. think um because I got COVID at the end of 2019 before anybody knew what it was, at least I think it was COVID Mm. because my doctor was like, I don't know what the hell you got, but you're really sick. So I was, you know, having sessions with my partner. I honestly believe just like if it was a baby, those antibodies were passed to him. And even though he was out in the public constantly during the pandemic, he never once got sick. Wow. That's cool. I'm going to
2: also recommend vaccines here, but that's nice. No, I know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> before, before we get accused of, you know.
4: My point was, your body knows, you know, if the person at your breast has is sick or has something going on, your breast milk will create what it can To help that person, baby, or, you know, whatever, to alleviate whatever the issue is. That was my only point. Not that you shouldn't get vaccinated. Yeah, I know, I know, (laughs) I know. I
2: know, I've just been dealing with so many anti-vaxxers and yada, yada, yada. But thank you so much for being here and being so open and honest. This was seriously so fascinating. We've done a lot of really interesting episodes, but this one, I'm into it. It was... The breast.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I feel like I learned so much in this episode that I just... Didn't even know I didn't know <laughs> mm-hmm. Like well said. How we need to be forcing these husbands To breastfeed these babies
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can Attest that it was the best To hear about the breast <laughs> I'll see myself out
4: Lindsay if you write a song uh-huh. I need you to send it to me and I will Make it the song track the soundtrack For my podcast
2: Please be the opening to lactation yes, station yes. Please 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 please, please. Oh please, my
4: gosh do
2: it. you heard
1: here first, my first commissioned podcast opening song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I cannot
1: wait. I will work on it. ASAP. Oh, my God. Love it.
2: Yes. Y'all, women are oppressed, so whip out that breast. Oh. Oh.
1: oh. <laughs> wow. I was delighted. I was very nervous because it's honestly not something that you think or hear about. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah. Outside of like the end of Grapes of Wrath that you read in middle school, <laughs> high school. And you're like, oh, wow, they were really desperate. Oh, I mean, it's like a beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And then you're like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend just breastfeeds off me for fun. And you're like, what? Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing. You know, it's just, now it feels kind of normal. It's true about anything.
2: Something I didn't ask was her thoughts on how long you should breastfeed a child. Because I do think there's like mm. a line where that doesn't make sense because the child isn't consenting. And I don't know. It feels weird. Hmm. It's almost sort of a different issue to me when two adults consent to do this. That's like, all right. But like those stories of women breastfeeding till the child's like five is like weird.
1: I feel like it is. It is consenting. Like,
3: yeah, the child wants to do it. It's very comforting.
1: The, the kids ask for it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just until the kid doesn't want to or the mom doesn't want to right Right, I think it was like with most things. It's just like till it's not consenting or conducive, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think it's like for me once you got all your teeth, we're stopping. That's crazy. Oh, I don't want you to get <laughs> wild in there.
3: Consent is a funny word with kids because my ki- my kids do not consent to, to brush anything.
1: their teeth.
2: Right, right, but right. <laughs> they are fucking
3: brushing. You know what I mean? So like, wh- wh- where is yeah. that line? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so where you... is
2: the line? Because a little secret, the reason I found out about this entire community is because someone told me a story of this girl who was engaged, and at the engagement party, she walked in on her future mother-in-law breastfeeding her fiance. And then ended the engagement. That's too old. There we go. We found it. We found it. That is
1: too old. (laughs) And so
2: then I went down this wormhole. Who are your friends? No, no, no. It's a friend. It's like a friend of a friend. It's a friend of a friend. I don't know this person at all. I don't even know if it's like true. I actually (laughs) asked my friend. I was like, you need to investigate this and find out if it's true. But then it led me down this wormhole of adult breastfeeding. Wow. If you
1: have lost any of your baby teeth, that's, that's, you're done. There's no more breastfeeding.
2: <laughs> yeah, but adults have teeth. No, I'm mm.
1: saying for your for the mother. Child, for
2: the kid. <laughs> you're saying you can start up again if it's, once you have all your teeth, if it's two consenting adults. Yeah, yeah. I'm on board with that.
1: You can okay. literally do anything you want if it's two consenting adults. People in Germany sell their bodies to get eaten. I'm like, that's fine, whatever, he's an adult.
2: I'm surprised how many of my guy friends haven't tested their, haven't tasted their wives' breast milk. Like, how do you not? Most
1: of the people I know have Matt. Really, Matt? No, Ooh, really, that, no, never. No, how? Ooh, Matt oh. was grossed out a little bit. Matt, you were. A I little mean, I, out. look, I don't want to.
3: I don't want to be. Ju- I don't want to judge. But, uh, but that but was no. not uh, <laughs> not offered and not not requested. <laughs>
1: I tasted my friend's breast milk. You, Matt, you haven't even tested it like accident, not accidentally, but in the course of like giving the bottle to the baby to test how hot it is. You haven't. I mean,
3: we you know one one time I was in the I was in the living room and then my wife was in the dining room and then psh, it squirted across the room. And if my mouth was open, maybe I would have caught it. But a short of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's the mind blower for me. You ready? Mm-hmm. Every now and then. And I'm sure you you and listeners have had this thought. You're like, dum didum dum dum why the fuck do men have nipples? Why the fuck do primates have nipples? Male primates have nipples. You know, like no uh, to my knowledge, no other mammal, male mammals have nipples. I-, I could be wrong on that. But gorillas, chimpanzees.
2: It's because you can make milk. Now you know.
3: Now we know.
1: Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Damn, son.
2: Although I really want to talk to a man who's um produced milk. If that's you, holler.
1: Truly, me
2: too. Yep. Uh you can find me on social media at Allie underscore Goldie. And I want to know about it too at the Lindsay Life. Lindsay with an E. You can also leave us a voicemail. That number is 347-871-6548.
4: Seven. Seven, that number again, 347 871
2: You can email us 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can give us your money at patreon.com slash 2G1P. And please do, please do. And thank you to
1: all the people that already do. You are the breast. Yes.
2: Yeah you are
1: <laughs> From which
3: From which we suckle
2: oh, Yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Also you can join us on Discord Discord.gg Slash 2G1P We're on Facebook Sometimes uh, Two Girls One Podcast On Facebook Review us on Apple and Spotify and wherever You're allowed to leave reviews Heart your faces Thank you so much
1: Thank you all Bye Two Girls One Podcast Is hosted by Allison Goldberg
0: And Lindsay Ford Then Nursed By it. Company for a little too long I mean produced by Matt Silverman In New York City This episode was edited by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided By the Podglomerate This show is a production of The Daily Dot The number one source for in-depth reporting About life on the internet <laughs>
3: The Podglamour, a sonic universe.